0: You're listening to the A.G. Lockhart Podcast. We hope you enjoy this teaching by Pastor Matt Burton. If you have your Bibles and you want to turn to the book or the Gospel of Luke, we will be looking there today. It's good to see you all. If you're, if you're unaware, Mother's Day is next week, so get what you need to for your mom. Join us here, invite some people. I think on the screen, the National Day of Prayer said May 7th, it's May 5th, so forgive me for that error. In your Bible, Luke chapter 24. We've been talking the last two weeks about Easter and then after Easter, about the resurrection and after the resurrection, and it's interesting to me, something I'm paying attention to a little more than I have in the past is that many people saw Jesus after the resurrection and didn't recognize him. And I don't know, maybe it's just where I am in my life, but I'm understanding that I'm missing a lot, or I have the ability to miss a lot. Does that happen to you in the natural? I don't know if it's your situation, but I can go to the pantry, open it, and say, we have none of this. And then my daughter can go to the pantry and go, it's right there at eye level, right in front of you. There it is. I go, oh. I saw it. And I like to say, oh, the Lord just did that. No, I'm kidding. But it doesn't just happen to me in the pantry. It happens to me in this room and that room in my own truck. I'm like, where is that? Where is that? And then someone else can just go and see it directly. And I like to think that it was covered up and I couldn't find it. But usually it's just right there. Anybody else? Not just me? Should we just stop and pray for me and CJ real Has that Does it happen to you in life? You know, I think about lessons my mom and Dad taught me, and I was like, yeah, these people telling me all this stuff. That's what parents say. Then you get to a place in life, and the light comes on. You're like, oh, that's what my dad was talking about. Then if you're like me, you want to go back to your dad and go, how come you didn't tell me that 10 more times, Dad? I might have gotten it. Then my dad's like, you know, after 1,010, what's 10 more going to matter? Has it ever just been right there in front of you, and you can't see it? Yes. Oh, it's painful, isn't it? It's painful, especially if you're looking for the Pop-Tarts. <laughs> or the car keys. Oh, no one loses their car keys, do you? The phone. The phone. I just want to help you. If you lost your phone today, I just want to ask you the question that'll help you find it. Where's the last place you put it? You know, those things are right in front of us, and it doesn't matter how easily else somebody else finds it. It's just still... A problem if you can't see it or if you can't find it. I'm in a place of that like that in my life. I'm getting some coaching, I have some mentors. I have people that love me and they're like, "Hey, this is probably what you need to be doing, but I I just can't take that step if I can't see it." That's been the way I've been saying it. I just I just can't do that if it doesn't make sense to me. And I'm not talking about faith. I really feel like God's working with me on my faith and like if his word says it, then I can lean into that and If he says it, then I'm going to believe it, and I'm going to try to walk that way. But it's living out that faith. It's like, well, I I think this is how I ought to be raising my kids, but I'm getting some other information, and I just can't take that step if it doesn't make sense. Doesn't it feel sometimes like you're just walking blindly, or you're taking a step blindly? Or if you're like me, you just won't take the step. I'm like, not till it makes sense. And I really don't want to be confusing. I'm not talking about like that, that the Lord says something and we can't just take him at his word. I'm just talking about the practical daily living. But it makes sense to me to do it this way. It makes sense to me to say it that way. Oh, I'd run into that with money, run into it with relationships. I want to ask for the Lord to help us today that we would be more seeing and more understanding and more comprehending That we might start off like Mary who sees Jesus and thinks he's the gardener, but then he speaks and she's like, oh, it's you. Or we might be like Peter and the guys in the boat in that storm that night and they see Jesus walking on the water and they're like, it's a ghost. And then they realize it's Jesus. That, that no matter where we're starting today, how much we can see or understand that maybe today is a way, is a place where God would just enlighten our path a little more where we could take at least one more step forward. Would that be a good day? Would it be a good day? No? Would it be a good day if I could see the Pop-Tarts? I don't know, Matt. Maybe you need to lay off of those. Would it be a good day if that verse you know, that, that thing about God that you know, if it just, the light came on and you're like, oh, I thought you were the gardener, but you're Jesus. And then we End up in a place of worship. You know, it happened to Job. Man, if he preaches about Job today after the week I had, it's not going to make it. Job, chapter after chapter to the Lord. Lord, why and what and I'm innocent and whatever. and Anyway, I, there's a lot going on in there and I don't want to just simplify Job's life because he may be watching on the internet today, but um, he finally makes his final complaint to God and then God shows up. And then God says, hey, tell me who made the stars and tell me who, you know, basically like, okay, you're Job and I'm God. Gives him a little bit of a rebuke is a church word for that. So Job, after all this suffering and all this stuff he can't see and what doesn't make sense and he knows God's there, but I just can't put my finger on it. I don't know why this is happening in my life. And God shows up with correction and Job goes, oh, I just had heard about you, but now I've seen you. I mean, all the complaints go away, all the like how bad my life's been, all the like, oh, I'm getting fussed at. It's just like, oh, man, I can see you now. I can see you now. It's so interesting to me. I just feel like in a normal story, God shows up and Job goes, glad you're finally here, sir. Can I just can you hear the complaints I have? And no, totally different. God shows up and Job's like, I've seen you. I mean, I've been following you all my life. It says about Job, there was no one like him on the earth, righteous, beyond comparison. And yet there was more to God than even Job knew. And I want that today for me and for you, that maybe by the mercy of God, because he's merciful, maybe by the grace of God, because he's gracious, maybe by the power of God, because he works in his Holy Spirit, who's a counselor and a teacher, maybe today there'll be a little bit of a step we could take forward, or maybe there would be some clarity, a little more clarity about who Jesus is. Would that be a good day? Well, let's ask him. Holy Spirit, you who search the deep things of God and then bring them to us, you who The Bible calls the teacher and the gift and the comforter and the counselor. Oh, we lean into you today and we ask you for ears that could hear and eyes that could see and hearts that could understand. Could it be true today in our lives like we know it's true in your word that you would teach us and help us that we could walk a little bit further down the road? All my life you have been faithful, and all my life you have been so, so good, but I need that today also, to step where I need to step, to go where you're calling me to go. And I pray for my family here, for these generations. Would you today, Lord, on this first Sunday of May in 2022, could this be a day where we meet you on the path of our life, and we see more and understand more than we did before? Oh, Lord. Could we say like Job, I'd heard about you. Oh, but now I've seen you. We ask you for your help, Lord. We can't produce that with a program or a service. But if you come, oh, you could do that for us. You could enable us. We ask you in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, well, let's read some scripture. Verse 20, Chapter 24 of Luke, verse 13. The same day, that's the day of the resurrection, two of Jesus' followers were walking to the village of Emmaus, seven miles from Jerusalem. As they walked along, they were talking about everything that had happened. And as they talked and discussed these things, Jesus himself suddenly came and began walking with them, but God kept them from recognizing him. He asked them, what are you discussing so intently as you walk along? They stopped short, sadness written across their faces. Then one of them, Cleopas, replied, you must be the only person in Jerusalem who hasn't heard about all the things that have been happening here the last few days. What things, Jesus asked, the things that happened to Jesus, the man from Nazareth, they said. He was a prophet who did powerful miracles, and he was mighty teacher in the eyes of God and all the people. But our leading priests and other religious leaders handed him over to be condemned to death, and they crucified him. We had hoped he was the Messiah who had come to rescue Israel. This all happened three days ago. Then some women from our group of his followers were at his tomb early this morning and they came back with an amazing report. They said his body was missing and they had seen angels who told them, Jesus is alive. Some of our men ran out to see and sure enough, his body was gone, just as the women had said. Then Jesus said to them, you foolish people, you find it so hard to believe all that the prophets wrote in the scriptures. Wasn't it clearly predicted that the Messiah would have to suffer all these things before he entered his glory? And Jesus took them through the writings of Moses and all the prophets, and he explained from Scripture the things concerning himself. By this time they were nearing Emmaus at the end of their journey, and Jesus acted as if he were going on. But they begged him, stay the night with us since it is getting late. So he went home with them. And as they sat down to eat, he took the bread and blessed it. And then he broke it and he gave it to them. Suddenly, 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 oh God. God, I would love us suddenly. Their eyes were opened and they recognized him. And at that moment he disappeared. They said to each other, didn't our hearts burn within us as he talked with us on the road? And he explained the scriptures to us. And within the hour they were on their way back to Jerusalem. There they found the 11 disciples and the others who gathered with them who said, the Lord has really risen. He appeared to Peter. A walk on a road, and if I was a songwriter, I might could turn that into a great song. The metaphor of this journey. All my life you have been faithful. All my life you have been so, so good. We hear things like, you know, it's not the mountain, it's the climb. Or what did Miley say? It's the climb. It's not the journey. Two paths, the verse in the woods, and I took the one less chosen. I'm messing up everybody's lyrics today. The metaphor of life is a journey, and it's not a short race, isn't it? You're figuring out it's like a marathon, and then sometimes you see a new baby like Eleanor born, and you remember your kids. You're like, man, that was just yesterday. It seems fast. It seems slow. But let's take this road to Emmaus, and let's put ourselves on it, and we're walking. I just want to ask us a few questions today. I really want to leave space today for the Holy Spirit to work. Number one, because that's what we need. Number two, because I'm really... I really would like to be a good preacher one day. So let's ask the Lord to speak to us. I just want to ask you some questions. Let's just look at a few verses at a time. That same day, the same day Jesus rose from the dead, they're walking on a road sad. The same day the whole world changes in salvation in the form of a man and Jesus's predictions of I will die and this temple will be destroyed and three days later I'll build it again. The same day That all the power of God raises Jesus from the dead and sin is conquered and death is conquered. The same exact day these two guys are walking sad, discouraged, disillusioned, distracted, whatever other D words you might know. They're headed on the same day of the resurrection. It hasn't even touched their lives. The same day they're walking. Is it possible that we can be walking away from the very place we want to be? Is it possible that on the same day we think there's no hope, that there's all hope? Is it possible on the same day we think there's no way there could be a saving grace in this situation, that the saving grace has already touched the situation? Could it be possible? Look what else it says. They were talking about everything that had happened. What do ladies sit around and talk about? What do men sit around and talk about with much fewer words? What do teenagers sit around and talk about? What do preschoolers sit around and talk about? What is that kid saying, that one-year-old that just goes, blah, 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 knows what she's talking about? Everybody's talking, thinking, communicating about something. They were talking about everything. What comes out of our mouths? What's on the newsreel? What's in our social media feed? What's in our conversation at the booth at Dairy Queen? That's like the original social media, right? Is there a generation in here that used to meet for coffee at the Dairy Queen or still do? You're like, I know social media. It's coffee, maybe an ice cream cone if I'm feeling good. And it's my friends talking to me at the booth. They were talking about everything. I want to ask you, what's happening around you? What are you always talking about? What scenes and conversations are on repeat in your head? What experiences keep popping up? This is the everything that's going on as we're walking down this road. Nobody's sitting around like going, I wish I had something to think about. I wish I had something to talk about. Aren't we more like in a world where we're like, I wish I could turn it off for a minute. I wish I could go to sleep at night without that thing going around. They are talking about everything as they walked along. It says in the end of this verse, God kept them from recognizing him. But that says the only translation, the New Living Translation, and maybe one other that says God kept them. Most of the translations say they were prevented from recognizing him. Although they saw him, they didn't recognize him. Something kept their eyes from seeing who he was. There's a lot of ways to say the same thing, but I, if I read this verse, I go, well, this is all God's fault that I can't recognize Jesus. So, okay, God, when you want me to see him, I want to see him. But I want to tell you, in our experience, there's a lot of things that can keep us from recognizing that Jesus is walking right by us. In these guys' case, it's everything that's going on. Well, if Jesus is in control, why is our world so out of control? What I see is keeping me from recognizing Jesus. If God is love, then why are these bad things happening? If God's all powerful and he doesn't do anything about my situation, then how could he be all loving? It's all the questions of the atheists and the humanists, and it's the questions of a lot of followers of Jesus, like these two followers of Jesus. Everything is going on, and I can't see Jesus, and he might be right next to me. Can I ask us this question? What is the everything that is keeping us from recognizing the Lord? What is the one thing that could be keeping us from recognizing the Lord? I hope this guy gives us some answers. No, I'm going to copy Jesus' ministry today where he usually asks another question when we ask a question. I'm just going to trust it's working for him. I'm going to try it out. Next verse, he asks them, what are you discussing so intently as you walk along? Well, there he goes, asking a question. The all-knowing, omnipotent, resurrected son of God, who already knows what they're talking about, That's so why he showed up, is asking the question, what are you guys talking about? What are you guys talking about? Jesus shows up and he enters into the conversation. Not like most leaders. Not like most all-powerful people. He is kind, compassionate, slow to anger, and rich in love. And he shows up on their saddest day, which they don't know is their best day, on their journey away from where they really want to be. And instead of coming in with lightning and thunder, he comes in with the question, what are y'all talking about? Could I be in the conversation with you? He shows up in the conversation. There's a verse in John that says, My father is always at work to this day, and I too am working. There's a verse in John 16 before Jesus was crucified where he said, There's much more I want to tell you but you can't bear it right now. This isn't the time for the conversation. And look, three days later, he finds his people and he starts talking with them about more of what he'd like to tell them. On your journey in life, do you feel like you already know everything God's going to say? Do you have the few verses that pop up as the answer to your questions, but then they don't quite answer the question? Do you think that you've heard enough? Well, I already know. What are you going to tell me about God, preacher? mom, grandma. Anybody got those good grandmas that pray for you? Yes. Thank you, Lord. Jesus shows up and enters the conversation with a question. It says that sadness is written across their faces. Jesus has risen, but they're sad. They're walking in sadness. Can I ask this question? Are we walking in sadness today? Is there a journey, though, we just celebrated the resurrection two weeks ago, and one pastor told me, well, we celebrate the resurrection every Sunday, Matt, and I go, that sounds like a good preacher saying. That's why we meet on Sundays, because the Lord resurrected. But are we walking with the knowledge and understanding of the resurrection, but still sad? These two followers were They stopped short in sadness. It was written across their face. And what was on their face was telling what was inside of them. He says, you must be the only person in Jerusalem who hasn't heard. Can I ask you this question? Do you ever feel the urge to explain how things work to Jesus? Hey, God, I don't know if you're like really paying attention But this is what happens when this person gets sick. Or this is what happens in life when this. Or are you paying attention to these kids? And could they be different? Or at least quiet. Or go to bed. Or the kids are like, God, I don't know if you know how parenting works. I mean, I know you're called a father. But could you do something with my father? I mean, do you ever have the urge to tell Jesus what's going on? To kind of catch him up, you know, because he's kind of ancient of days. You must be the only person who doesn't know what's going on. Oh, I feel a little bit of embarrassment. But I also feel a little bit of comfort that this might be real human experience. To think that God doesn't know what's going on. Don't you understand? Mary and Martha had that experience when their brother died and Jesus showed up just a few days late. If you would have been here, he wouldn't have died. If you'd only been here, they have a perspective on life. And Jesus goes, I am the resurrection. Or like the resurrection is here. A totally different perspective. Do you have the urge to tell Jesus or explain to him? Or... Or you like the other guy who didn't say that because only one of them said it. You just stop talking because maybe Jesus doesn't get it or he's not listening or he's not going to pay attention. You must be the only one that doesn't know what's happened around here. And then here's Jesus with another question. What things? (laughs) Man, what kind of sleep did Jesus have for three days? Like forgot his own crucifixion. But that's not really what he's saying, is it? I wonder if on this journey of life, this conversation is going slower than we'd like it to so that we have the conversation. Maybe I'm getting a little bit ahead of myself, but anybody ever needed new shoes and dad had the money? So you needed a conversation with dad because he had the money. You want the new shoes. Nobody, just me. Well, if you'd have lived a rougher life and been a little more bad, you might've got to be the pastor. So you're going in there, like I gotta have a conversation with dad, and I gotta say it the right way. I need the money, but as soon as the money like dad, I love you, thank you, and you're gone. And maybe God knows a little bit about us that if the answer comes real fast, there'll be a lot less conversation, and maybe God really likes talking to us. Maybe I'm just asking a lot of questions today. What things? Jesus welcomes the conversation. He seems ready to talk more. Do you talk more to Jesus in your trouble or less to Jesus in your trouble? Do you talk differently to Jesus? Did I used to talk to Jesus a lot when things weren't going well and now I don't so much? Or now I'm learning, man, I've got to talk to Jesus more because things are really tough. That'd be an interesting question to answer for our lives. What things? Have you given up on the conversation? If so, could I ask us why we gave up on the conversation? It seems that Jesus has not given up on the conversation. He's still talking and asking questions. It says that they begin to recount the good and the bad, but it leads to a core issue. They say he was a prophet. He did powerful miracles. He was a mighty teacher, even with God's eyes and the people's eyes. And that's tell us the good, they tell the good part about what they know about the Lord. And then they tell the bad part, but they turned him over to the priest and they crucified him. But it comes down to the core issue. Jesus asked the question, what things? And they tell the good things and the bad things. But it comes down to the issue of why they're walking sad on that day. We had hoped that he was the one. We had hoped he was the Messiah. They're still calling him a good teacher. They're still calling him a miracle worker. They're still recognizing his death. But the sadness, maybe, I haven't talked to these guys personally, but maybe the sadness is because there was some hope they had and it didn't turn out the way they thought it was going to turn out. I wonder if we can relate. Do you have an idea of how Jesus should have done something in your life or someone else's life and it didn't go that way? Do we have an idea? That Jesus should have killed that person, given that job promotion. Let that baby be born. Intervened in all of his power in a certain way. Do we have an idea? You know, that's what might have gotten Judas in trouble. Because it went to a lot deeper details, but it started, or at least part of it was, Judas didn't like how everybody was handling the money. The lady breaks the jar of perfume on Jesus' feet, and he's like, we could have fed the poor. Jesus isn't worried much about money. He's like, give it to Caesar. If it's Caesar's, give God what's God's, and money becomes the thing Judas sells Jesus out for. Even though Judas wasn't very good with his money, he was already stealing from the offerings that they had. But he, in one way, didn't like the way Jesus was doing something. And it opened a door for the devil to enter him, the Bible says. Do you have an idea? Oh, I'm just fussing at you. Let me put me in the mix. Do we have an idea of how Jesus should have done something? And it didn't go that way. And so now we're on a road in sadness. And many people take that sadness, and they walk totally away from Jesus. But other followers of Jesus just walk away disappointed and with a little less trust in Jesus. Or, well, I'm just not going to talk so much or ask for so much or believe for so much or say so much. I'm just going to keep my faith, but it's going to be a sad, walking faith. Has that ever happened to anybody? It happened to these two guys. We had hope. Have you, have I stopped hoping? Our God is named in the Bible, the God of hope. And we live in a world where hopelessness is going straight up to the right. It's on the increase. And the God of hope, on the same day I can be walking on a road of hopelessness. Have I, have we stopped hoping? And then he says, this all happened three days ago. Some of our deals have been three years ago, three decades ago, three lifetimes ago. Some of them have been three minutes ago. But take courage, Jesus is on the road. Then they go to the next part of the story. They said some women from our group of his followers were at his tomb early this morning and they came back with an amazing report. They said that his body was missing. They had seen angels who told them Jesus was alive. Some of our men ran out to see, and sure enough, his body was gone, just as the women had said. They say there's an amazing report. Have you ever been in a situation where somebody told you an amazing thing God did, and you really tried hard to smile, but because of all the stuff going on in your life, it just like the best that sometimes can come out of us is like, "Mm, that's great for you. And then we try to get out of there so we can go cry by ourselves or do whatever. I'm not always crying. I'm sometimes eating a blizzard. The ladies gave us a report. Is it hard to believe when someone tells you the good news of the Lord and what he's doing in their life? Because it just doesn't seem to be your experience at the moment. My experience at the moment. I haven't heard it. I haven't seen it. I haven't experienced it. I wasn't there. Oh, I tell you when it's worse i tell you when it's worse. When it happens right here for somebody and I was just right there. And somebody's crying or laughing or they just get up looking different. You ever seen them glowing, shaking, something going on in their life? Have you ever had the thought, if I would have just been where they were? Even worse, and maybe I'm not using the word worse right. They're there and you're right Here. And it seems like heaven falls down on there, And you're like, get out of the way. Oh, and no, I'm not on any medication. I did take an Allegra, but they said it doesn't have much effect on you. An amazing report, but hard to believe maybe. We heard a great report. They said... Jesus is missing. His body's gone, and angels, look how they report to Jesus. This is what the lady said. The body's missing. Angels told him Jesus is alive. Our men ran out to see, and sure enough, his body's gone. Nothing about the angels. Why, we can believe the body's gone, because now we're not just arguing with a couple of our friends. We'd be arguing with four or five of our friends. Like, many people saw it. But this angel part the supernatural part the god part hard to believe sometimes is it hard to believe that god's doing things in us and around us his body was gone they seem to believe that part but the jesus is alive part they leave it out are there things you've been told are there things we've been told scripture testimonies things god's doing And we have a hard time believing it because our experience at the moment is trying to tell us something else. Remember, they're walking on a road with Jesus who they can't even recognize is Jesus. Then Jesus said to them, you foolish people, you find it so hard to believe what the prophets wrote. Jesus corrects them, and in church we call it a rebuke. It's real careful how you want to see this. Either God's a loving father or he's a mean one. Either he's merciful in kindness or he's just waiting with lightning bolts. I think from Scripture we see that who else would offer their son as sacrifice for us, that God is a God of love. But sometimes it just doesn't seem to line up in our life. But he corrects them. He names the problem. He said, this is the problem. Now he's not asking questions. Now he's talking. Oh, we want Jesus to answer us, don't we? Answer me. Quit asking questions. Quit making more to understand. Answer me. But I wonder if we really want the answer. No, we, we want it because he got the answer. But look at the answer. Well, you're just foolish. You won't believe. It's hard for you to believe. That's the answer. It's hard for you to believe. That's the answer. It's hard for us to believe. Jesus seems to think this is the problem, that we're not living as wise, but we're living as foolish. This is a human issue from our first parents, Adam and Eve, don't eat from the tree. And then with a little coercion and some lies and some deceptions, they go, maybe I don't believe what God said. And in a broken and fallen world that Christ is redeeming, we are still struggling with this issue. Do we believe the word of God? Do we believe the word of God? We're foolish if we don't. He's not going, you fool, and get out of here. You know, like when Lockhart and Luling meets up. No, man, it's Chisholm Trail. Psh, no, man, it's the thump. No, man, it's City Market. No, man, it's, and then you name your Lockhart one, and there's like more. It's not like you're a fool and you're stupid. It's like, listen, there is wisdom in believing the words of life, and it's foolish to not believe the truth of God. He corrects them. He names the issue that we find it hard to believe what God says. Jesus' solution to this issue is that he's going to keep talking. And he's going to take us through the scripture. And he's going to go back and say, you can't believe what's happening today. This will help your faith. Let's go all the way back to the beginning. He goes back to Moses and to the prophets. And the one who said, I haven't come to abolish the law. I've come to fulfill the law. The one who looked at the teachers of the law and said, you search the scriptures because you think in them you have life, but you won't come to me even though the scriptures all talk about me. Jesus walks up to these guys who can't even see him, and he says, your problem is unbelief, and here's the answer. I'm just going to tell you the truth. If we do not have some kind of intact Broken as it may be, but Bible study, learning, reading, plan, what hope do we have? Jesus' answer to his friends who can't recognize him, who on Resurrection Sunday are sad, his answer is the scripture, the word of God, the bread of life come down from heaven. I want an easier answer. I don't want to stop drinking Coke and eating Pop-Tarts and donuts at the donut palace, and if they don't have the right one, the other place. I just want to lose weight. Magic. I don't want to work out. I don't have time. I have a lot of excuses. A lot of good friends I need to see and places I need to be and things I need to do. I don't, want, I don't care how much sugar is in a 20-ounce bottle of Coke. I want to drink it, but I don't want to be tired and lazy and fat and slow. I have a four-and-a-half-year-old. What's your point? Well, my point is the humanness in us that wants another answer besides the Word of God, besides the teaching of Jesus. But Jesus, on their worst day, which is going to become their best day, says, here's the answer. You need me explaining Scripture to you. And Jesus said on the night he was betrayed, I must go to be with my Father. But don't worry, that's a good thing. Because if I don't go, the gift, the promised one, the Spirit can't come. But if I go, it would be better for you that I go so that he can come. And when he comes, he will teach you all things. And he will remind you of what I said. And he will comfort you and he'll guide you. And in the Old Testament said, you'll hear a voice behind you that says, go to the right or go to the left. Or, or like the psalmist said, you'll hear that his word is a lamp to your feet and a, a light to your path. There's no other way. It's what God says. It's the word of God. I can't understand the word of God. Don't worry. Jesus is showing up to walk right beside you, and to take you back. Me and you would have thrown these guys away. Are you kidding me? Three years? I said I was going to die. I said I was going to be raised again. You grew up in Hebrew school. You know all the scriptures. What are you talking about? You're going to walk to Emmaus on the day I rise from the dead. You can't even understand I was going to die. I said I'm going to die. Well, evidently in our humanness, we can be told something point blank, and not get it. Evidently, I can look at Pop-Tarts and not see them. Evidently, my dad can tell me something, and I'm just not going to believe him till I step in it. Evidently, there's a God who loves us so much that even if we're walking the wrong direction, we'll come walk with us and bring us back. And evidently, he's able to do that because he has a Holy Spirit that can live inside of us at our new birth and teach us. So the question is, will we keep walking? Will we keep talking? Will we keep asking questions? Will we stay in the conversation? By this time, they were nearing the end of their journey. Some of you two years ago said, I can't take another month of this. Well, here you are two years later. Some of you said it last week. If this gets any worse, I'm done. Well, you're not done. You're still here. It looks like the end of the journey. It looks like Jesus is going to keep walking. Jesus acted as if he was going. And they begged him to stay. Are we asking the Lord for more conversation? Or have we gotten to the end of our journey and we're like, peace out? Appreciate the conversation, man, the trip flew by. They begged him. They pleaded. We call it prayer. Lord, teach me. Search me. I want to know you. Moses, who knew God more than anybody, is like, I'm not satisfied. I want to see your face. They begged him to stay. And it seems as if Jesus changed his mind or at least stayed. Jesus is not through with the conversation in our lives. Are we willing to let him stay the night when things get dark and it's getting late? And why keep walking? So he went home with them. He broke the bread and blessed it. He gave it to them. And suddenly, what we're praying for our lives today, their eyes were open. They recognized him in that moment. And they said to each other, didn't our hearts burn within us? Let me tell you something. When we see Jesus, when he comes close to us, something happens inside of us. Some people shake. Some people fall down. I heard about a guy that flew three rows back. I'm always like, Lord, can I fly? and his question is like, do you want to hit your head? I mean, I didn't hear him say that out loud, but I just wonder some things. What's your point, Matt? My point is when Jesus is near us and the revelation comes, our eyes get open, something happens. Some people laugh. Some people weep. it's not about what happens. It's about that Jesus was present and that we recognize it. Here's a question. Do we recognize that Jesus is walking and talking right now? I have much more I want to say to you. My Father is always working. I only say what I hear the Father saying. The Holy Spirit will only reveal to you what he sees inside the Father, and he brings it to you. Jesus is walking with us on whatever road we're on, wherever we're headed, However sad or glad or happy or in between we are, he's walking and he's talking. Can we recognize it? Is there a burning? Is there a longing? Is there a re- Why are you at church on Sunday? I was tired. I wanted to sleep. But I'm longing. I need help. And I want to ask you this, if because here's where they say the Western world is in church. People are checking out. Defragmenting, deconstructing, demoralizing, D D D, whatever. Everything's a D word. I just want to ask you this: if you're gonna stop talking to Jesus and stop walking to Jesus, who are you gonna talk to and who are you gonna walk to? What's your option? They asked Peter the same question one day when a whole bunch of thousands of people say, I'm not walking with you anymore, and I'm not talking with you anymore. You're too much. John chapter 6. Jesus turns around and goes, Y'all gonna leave too? And John says, there's nowhere else to go. I want to ask you for the person today that there's too many questions and too much going on. You're like, I'm done. Where are you going to go be done at? What choice do you have? It'll come down to a day. Every eye will see him and every one will either rage against him or they'll bow before him. Well, everybody's going to bow. But what I'm saying is, we all will meet that day when we have to say yes or no. And sometimes our yes is like, man, well, I don't have any other options because I know you're the truth, but it's hard. And so we find ourselves on this road today, and I want to ask you, are you done? Can you go on? Do you think you're at the end of your trip? Don't quench the spirit. Jesus was walking on the water, and he was about to pass him by on the lake in that storm, and they said, please come get in the boat with us. And Jesus was about to go on from Emmaus, and they said, please come stay with us. And I wonder if we could ask the Lord today, Lord, please don't stop talking to me. Please don't stop walking with me. I won't stop walking with you. I wonder if today's a day we could make that commitment. I wonder if a day's today where we say, Lord, I can't see you, but I believe by faith, or at least because Matt's just going on and on about it, that you're still here walking with me. Or I can at least see it in the story that you might be right there, even though I don't see you because life's so hard and the questions are too many, but you're right there. Is today a day where it might be our best day? We just haven't seen it yet. Is today a day where the Lord might suddenly open our eyes? Well, we don't know what the Lord's going to do, but we know what he's doing. He's risen. He's at the right hand of the father praying for us. He's breathed and sent his Holy Spirit into our lives. And he's walking and talking with us. And I want to ask us, if we have all the questions in the world, could the one question be, Lord, what do you want to say to me today? And would you allow me to see it? And would you allow me to respond? I'm going to ask the worship team to come and just play through the one chorus and verse of all my life you have been faithful. I really feel like we should respond to the Lord in some way. Isn't your heart aching? Isn't the pain we're feeling drawing us to some answer? Isn't there more and we just know it? We just can't quite put our finger on it? Today, could we say, Lord, I'll walk further if you'll walk further. I'll talk more if you'll talk more. Lord, I'm not leaving you. I wonder today if there's someone that you're already done and you say, hey, you know what it says after this? Oh, this was the good part. They got up, and they went back to Jerusalem. You see it right there in verse 33? They were walking this way. They meet Jesus. They finally see him, and they're like, oh, let's walk this way. Is there anybody today you just need to turn around? You need to walk out of hopelessness and say, I'll turn around to hope. Out of unbelief and say, like, I'm going with faith. Even if I don't have it, Lord, I believe. Help my unbelief. I'm going out of this road and I'm going back to this road. You know where they went? Back to the followers of God. There's somebody you walked out of church, out of community, out of the fellowship of believers, and today you need to turn around and go, I'm going back to the people of God. Maybe it's this church, maybe it's another church, but there's somebody you walked out, and today you meet with the Lord, and you're like, I'm walking back into the community of faith. Would you stand with us? Thanks for listening to this week's message. For more information about All Generations Church, go to aglockhart.org.